Welcome to the Morty Vicar podcast from B&A Church in Bristol with James Stevenson and Wayne Massey. Earlier on this week, we recorded a podcast about the general election in America and the implications for us as Christians. In this podcast you are about to hear, we tackle some quite meaty issues. And what we'd love to say to you at this point as you prepare to listen to it is we and others would love to talk to you. We're aware that um, there are some big issues in play and they have a personal cost for many of us, ourselves included. And we need to know the love of God in the midst of this discussion. So if listening to this raises questions for you and troubles you, um, uh, you're not going to be alone. Um, But we want to tackle them and to tackle them sensitively, not just in a podcast, but in person. And whilst we might not be able to do that in person, physically in lockdown, we might be able to do it over the phone or over some other form of technology. Uh, So get in touch and we would love to talk more with you. Welcome to More TV a podcast from BNA Church in Bristol with James Stevenson and Wayne Massey. We're passionate about helping you to follow Jesus in the world uh, that you live in and in the street uh, you are and the place that you work. What we do is we talk culture, theology and life and then hopefully apply that. We're going to talk today about social politics and where we think Christians might have forgotten how it all began for us. And the way in is James, tell me a story. <laughs> so four years ago just over i was in america during the election campaign and it was donald trump's first run at what then became his first term as president and it was clear to me that when anyone ever asked me the question so what do you think of donald trump the best way to avoid getting into an argument amongst the people that i was with was to say no tell me what you think about donald trump life over there as we know is very divisive um, and it can be quite difficult to navigate what it means to be a Christian in that setting and to understand why we might vote why Christians might vote in particular directions um, especially when you come from a more nuanced British political scene. Brilliant Um, and the reason one of the reasons we want to talk about this is a the American election has just happened so um, probably as you listen to this, you probably know who the next president of the United States is going to be. Um, we're the day after the election, so we don't yet know. But also, secondly, one of the things that is, has been identified in the UK is that we are becoming less nuanced and, yeah. and more divided um, <clears throat> around, along similar lines. So <clears throat> there are some Christians in America for whom the only way their Christian faith can be expressed is by voting Democrat. There are some Christians who their only way they say they can be um, express their Christian faith is by voting Republican. Uh, we want to suggest there is um, a, another way um, which is not our thinking but comes from um, a well of Christian thought going back years and years. James, um, tell us about it. Yes, and we hope that this will help you to think about how you can engage in the social politics of when you're on social media, when you're talking to your friends about 
what it means um, to be a Christian in the political climate we are in today. So uh, this is um, John Mark Comer, a preacher in a, a similar city, um, eth- ethically and worldview-wise to, to Bristol, um, Portland, Oregon. And he's quoting Tim Keller, a pastor from New York, who wrote this. At least until the fourth century, the church was marked by five things that set them apart from society. Firstly, multiracial and multi-ethnic. Multiracial and multi-ethnic. So high value on diversity and equality. And secondly, a spread across socioeconomic lines. So cultural mix, male-female, master and slave, and a high value on caring for the poor. Thirdly, an active resistance of infanticide and abortion. An active resistance of infanticide and abortion. Fourthly, marriage as between one man and one woman until death. Marriage is between one man and one woman until death. And fifthly, non-violent on a personal and political level. Brilliant. Now, the first thing I think I uh, would want to say is that as I heard that, I was tempted then to immediately start putting it through the grid of political parties I might vote for in this country. Yes. And through political parties there, where actually I find a really interesting thing is to hold it up as a mirror to what the church in the UK is like. So, Morty Vicar, B&A, we're Anglicans. And, and there's so much that is great about our church, the Church of England. But yes. actually, if I sit there and go, the Church of England is not known for reflecting fully the multiracial and multi-ethnic bit of the UK. Yes. And when we do, it's we will have a church that is um, uh, generally of an ethnicity. Yes. So uh, you will you're, you're more likely to have a black church or a white church or a Chinese church than a multiracial, multi-ethnic church in England. Yeah. Um, spread across socioeconomic lines, the Church of England is um, heavily middle class, heavily mm. white middle class, heavily educated. And in fact, the church in the UK generally is. Um, active resistance of infanticide and abortion. Um, I would say that we would all go, we think abortion is wrong, but I was struck by the fact that when the um, House of Commons used the absence of there being a government in Northern Ireland to push through um, same-sex marriage and abortion in Northern Ireland, that I don't think the bishops of the Church of England spoke out against the abortion aspect of it, no. but the Catholic bishops did. So I think we've, we've, we, 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 we say we're up for number three, active resistance of infanticide and abortion, but actually we don't talk about it enough. Um, on the marriage and sexuality one, um, the Church of England is... Um, it's a broad church, and so therefore, um, depending on which vicar you get, will depend on what yeah. they think on this one. Um, and then I think non-violence, I think, that is one the Church of England probably is, is more linked to having a just war theory and war being a last resort thing, so probably is a little bit better um, than it might come across. But actually, that's the interesting thing, is stop and go, how does this reflect the church that we are, before we even think about politics? Yeah. And how's it for, So those are the waters in which we swim. Yeah. Um, but to mix metaphors, on the other, other side of the pond, um, you would find um, Christians, as we said earlier, um, struggling to know how to vote within the US general election, and or some of them being very clear on how to vote. So, But, but when you match those five up against the manifestos of the two major political parties in the states you'd find that the first two match onto a more democratic um party worldview and the yeah, second so if i two, vote so if i vote democrat i'm likely to be voting for somebody who's going to uh continue with obamacare look at um more likely to keep borders open yeah uh, and more likely to um promote uh racial inclusion yeah and um 
uh, be open to abortion. Well, the other thing I'm going to do is I would be voting for somebody who has said in the first hundred, oh, first hundred days that they would pass an equality bill, uh, and the equality bill would remove the rights of people who um, disagree on human sexuality and transgender exact, exact, to say that this isn't an issue of equality like race is. Yeah. And, it's, and that's a really prob- problematic bill, not just for Christians, but for Muslims and for a whole load of other philosophical worldviews as well. Yes. Now, if I voted Republican, what would I be voting for? Well, I'd be... Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> Tell me, Wayne. <laughs> well, I, I would be voting for... Um, well, interesting enough, the whole world has moved slightly uh, on the human sexuality, but we're voting for uh, a party that probably has a, a higher view on the traditional understanding yeah. of marriage and human sexuality. And I would be voting for um, uh, so, uh, a party that is more likely to be active in its resistance to infanticide and to, to at least the increase of abortion. But I would also be voting for a party that would be against the gun controls that the Democrats um, yeah. Joe Biden said they want to bring in. Um, and I would be voting for a party that, um, yes, is is mixed race. So, for example, they talk, Florida, the Latinos in Florida have all all vote for Trump because um, they saw this last night because they've come from failed communist yeah. states and don't and, yeah. and are wary about that. But at the same time, I'm voting for a guy who wants to build a wall. Um, so, so, so I okay. find my yeah. So, so how do, how do we go from being Christians um, who um, who aren't sure what we think about these issues to then um, uh, recognising that this is our heritage. So so the first one I think is, I, I think you will know how to engage with culture when you know what you think. So what has really struck me is you were able to read what that John Mark Comer had put very clearly and succinctly because that's what he thinks and he believes and how he's ordered his yeah. life. And he quoted Tim Keller, who thinks the same. Uh, And another American pastor called John Piper has written an article in which he says, I will not vote for either candidate because whilst there are some of the policies of Joe Biden I support, ultimately his policies around um, human life and human sexuality and equality, I don't agree with biblically and I can't vote for. And then he said, and whilst there are some policies of Mr. Trump, um, that I would agree with and actually I support what he's been doing in the Middle East I can't and this was the bit I found really powerful is I can't vote for a guy who when I read Romans chapter 1 clearly is unrepentant in a whole level of sin and then Piper links it to Kings and Chronicles and says and it says again and again and again the, um, the king sinned and all of Israel with him yeah. and Piper goes you cannot divorce a cat. So, yeah. and he said so he said I will not be voting and, w- and he said and when, when and people say is it a wasted vote no because I will explain to my neighbours that I th- this is what I think on all these issues and that Jesus is my king and not my president and I, and not a, and I don't serve a president now he's able to do that because he knows what he thinks on those issues and I think that's the first thing is do I know where I stand on um ethnicity and race Uh, do i know where i stand on where society is divided around education and finances and do i know where i stand on the issue of abortion and do i know where i stand on the issue of um, human sexuality and the interesting one here is on that one especially my the question i love to ask people is where do you draw the line yeah because everybody draws the line somewhere and you need to know why you draw the line where you draw the line and for what reason? Because there will be people who will disagree with you either side of your line. So, yeah. for example, if you think same-sex marriage is okay, what would you say to the bisexual person who you've excluded from that? And then if you say polyamory is okay, 
because you know God is a Trinity. Uh, what, what what number? So we will all draw a line somewhere. Do we know why? And then also we also need to have a view on where we stand in terms of in a, living in a violent world under the God of peace. And when I know what I think, I'm then able to engage with culture. So what I want to say to anyone listening to this who who's already wondering why you're still listening because you disagree with everything that's just been said is that um 20 years ago i would have disagreed with, with everything that's just been said i i was brought up in a middle class educated um home where um uh, we were not um uh, intellectually or conceptually um racist but actually um the systems in which i was was educated were racist uh, where actually there there wasn't a uh, a a heart for the poor um we we want to pay our taxes but actually functionally we thought that it was it was their problem um though we would never say that publicly um and and actually when it came to other issues like abortion we would have thought that was a a woman's right um and that actually um uh sexuality was something um that you were born with um, and, uh, and and that actually um, marriage was um, a function created by um, by society rather than given by God, and that um, violence was justified to a certain degree. Those were all a part of a mindset that I carried twenty years ago, um, and that was growing up in a in a, in a Christian home. Um, but actually, it's been wrestling with the scriptures and wrestling with what God has to say about these things um, and wrestling with God in prayer, um, recognizing that actually uh, the, 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 the way that the, the, the early church lived um, is something that um, speaks of the truth of scripture and we have to listen to. So I, I want to invite you on the journey that I've been on over the last 20 years, genuinely wrestling with where is my worldview formed? Is it formed in a political disposition or is it formed in the scriptures? And the thing to say is in all of those issues, we this world is messy. That's The Bible tells us it's messy because of the sin that we've um, we brought into the world when we rebelled against God. And so in all of these issues, um, we will all have our own stories and we will all either in some of, I, I reckon some of them have personal pain uh, and probably in most of them know people who are struggling or who have pain in one of mm. those. So we're not, this is not a, a black and white academic exercise. It is it is a real live um situational ethic exercise yeah. where actually we, we are with real lives we are talking about here but it, the principle is that behind all of this is a god who is good mm. um you and i read a lovely book called gentle and lowly mm. uh, and there's this stunning bit in the book where he points out that that actually god has to be provoked to anger but he's never provoked to goodness and to love and to mercy yeah and actually that behind our creation and active in our creation is a good and a loving god who knows actually how we've been made and what is best for us and that sometimes that does involve us not wanting to do what we might naturally want to do or not expressing what we think we might have the right to express, but that in limiting ourselves, we find true freedom and true love in him. Um, and that is, John Mark Comer uses the phrase, what is he, this is how we'll land it, what does he call, he calls the church to be a, a counter-anti-culture. Counter yeah, he says, so we're not anti-culture, like, oh, we hate you all. We're a counter-anti-culture. We're building a new culture that, our, that the culture around us looks at and goes, what are those guys on? And that's what the early church had. And that's what this church that you and I are all part of has forgotten. So when we look at somebody's Facebook post or we hear somebody's comment 
we have to be prepared to feel like we are going to be misunderstood even to the point where we go through a process of not knowing what to say in specific circumstances because we will fear being misunderstood because actually the tone and the the methodology um, and the content of all of the conversation is so far unmoored from where God wants his church to be that it's difficult to know how to respond so if you want to join us in feeling awkward on social media or in conversations then you will be joining in with Christians who are feeling awkward around the world about how to engage in these settings I think we're ending, aren't we? Yeah. I, I just, just, I've, I've struck by we've dropped a bomb. So go back and listen to this again. And if you want to get in touch, and we'll send you um, the link to the talk we've referred yeah. to. Um, and, and 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 you know, and if you're in Bristol, um, once lockdown eases, come and find us, and we'll have coffee, and we'll talk about this kind of stuff. Um, so we know we've dropped a bomb, um, but we've dropped a bomb so that we can begin to kind of go, oh wow, what, why, why do we think this? So. Thank you for listening to the Morty Vicar podcast. We hope that this has helped you to think about what it means to follow Jesus. And um, we pray with you uh, that we might grow into what it means to be more like him.